Hey everybody, welcome back to Explain Like I'm 5, the podcast where we take the questions you always wanted to ask and talk about them in a way that's easy to understand. We are your hosts, I'm Tim. And I'm Kevin. So Kevin, today we're talking about a great topic, and that is pirates. So here's a first question. What was the point of the skull and crossbones pirate flag? Why would you fly that? Wouldn't it just give away the fact that you are a pirate? Typically, actually, the pirates wouldn't really fly that flag all the time. Uh, They would actually put up a false flag, you know, maybe that of a country, say Spain or England or France, until they were within firing range. And then they'd hoist their pirate flag and basically fire a warning shot. The goal here was more to intimidate. You know, the sailors on the other ship had plenty to be afraid of, especially if the flag belonged to a famous pirate. And they know that if they surrendered, give up their cargo, you know, potentially get pressed onto service or had their ship taken over, they might just get out alive. Well, if they resisted, there would just be no quarter. Oh, that's a term that needs explaining. What does no quarter mean? Oh, so offering quarter actually means taking prisoners. And usually this meant recruiting the sailors uh, into the life of piracy itself. When you say offering, that makes it sound like it's a good thing. It doesn't sound too good. It's actually not that bad, uh, considering the other options. Of course, the ideal situation would be be if you were released after the pirates took your loot. But the term no quarter here is what everyone's really fearful of. Basically, no quarter means we're here to kill you. No prisoners taken, no prisoners wanted. Mm. And now there's different symbols and meanings from the flags that they raise as well. What does the red flag mean? Ah, so the red here symbolizes blood. And pirate ships flying a red flag would be basically sending a signal. This would mean no quarter given at all, (laughs) which would be pretty insanely terrifying to see coming towards you uh, in the sea. So wouldn't a red flag be a bad strategic move? Like it would result in the other ship just feeling like they have to fight back. They've got no choice. Well, yes, you're right, Uh, but pirates were often more on the psychopathic side, (laughs) not necessarily great tacticians. You know, that pure, raw intimidation uh, tactic might have been used to send a signal to the crew to create maybe internal confusion. Like saying if your captain is telling you to fight, all right, you might want to throw him overboard and, you know, pick a new captain quick or something. And there's a second flag, the black flag. What does that mean? Traditionally, it was to signal that those who surrendered without a fight would be allowed to live. So it was actually better to see a black flag than a red one. There's an interesting factoid here. Uh, There's a college, uh, East Carolina University, whose mascot is the Pirates. And at the beginning of football games, they would raise a black flag with their Pirate logo on it in the stadium, you know, warning their opponent to surrender. Uh, And at the beginning of the fourth quarter, they lower it and then raise a red pirate flag. Now these red and black flags originally didn't have any designs on them. Where did the skull and crossbones come in? Ah, yes. So you're talking about the Jolly Roger. It is the skull and crossbones symbol on a black flag. Uh, And that was used during the 1710s by a number of famous pirate captains, including Black Sam Bellamy, Edward England, and John Taylor, it did go on to become the most commonly used pirate flag during the 1720s, although other designs were also in use. Uh, The Jolly Roger is the traditional English name for the flags flown to identify a pirate ship 
preceding or during an attack. Now there are so many pirate stories in books and movies. You mentioned a couple names there. It's not easy to know which are historical and which are fiction. Can I ask you a few to uh, to finish? Sure, sounds great. Blackbeard was he real? Ooh, Blackbeard. He was indeed a real figure. So the notorious English pirates, uh, Blackbeard and Calico Jack, were real. They featured in the first major literary work to popularize the subject of pirates, uh, which was a book called A General History of the Robberies and Murders of the Most Notorious Pirates. Uh, it was written in 1724 by Captain Charles Johnson. How about the pirate Long John Silver in Treasure Island? Oh, so that one, um, Treasure Island, written by Robert Louis Stevenson, well, that was written about like 150 years later. Uh, in 1883, and that is all fiction. <laughs> it's probably the most influential work of pirate fiction, along with as many film and television adaptations. So Long John Silver here is a fictional character. And finally, how about Captain Hook? Oh, good old Captain Hook, with a hook for a hand. <laughs> he first appeared in a play. It was in 1904. It was J.M. Barry's famous play, Peter Pan, or The Boy Who Wouldn't Grow Up. Um, in the play, Peter's enemy in Neverland is the pirate crew led by Captain Hook. And the exact origins and details of Barry's conception of Captain Hook, you know, were never confirmed. But it seems he was at least inspired by one historical privateer, and also possibly by uh, Long John Silver as well. But Captain Hook is a fictional character. Thanks for that. Did you learn something new? If you did, send us an email. We are at eli5thepodcast at gmail.com. And we love hearing from you, especially when you've got comments or suggestions for future topics. If you are a regular listener to this podcast, do please go and leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts because it helps other listeners to find our show. As always, thank you to the community at r slash explain like I'm five, and we will see you all next week.